the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In the Beatitudes, Jesus said, Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. In the Olivet Discourse, he said, They will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you, and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. So suffering for the name of Jesus is a theme that is repeated often in the Scriptures. I suppose that's one of those promises that Christ gives us that we don't want to think about all that often. Pastor Leighton Sheely is our teacher. This is Study Verse by Verse, and he's in that section of the book of John where it uh, talks about the hatred of the world toward Christians. We're uh, in the 15th chapter, right around the 20th verse. If you'd like to follow along, I encourage you to grab your Bible and do so as uh, Pastor Leighton continues this message regarding the suffering of believers. Millions and millions and millions of people have lost their lives because of their faith in Jesus Christ over the centuries. One scholar said that two-thirds of these people gave their life in the last 100 years. That two out of three who gave their life for their faith died in the last 100 years, which means that persecution is rising. Now, you see, Jesus knew what the future held, but the disciples didn't. And you remember that up until this point, the disciples really hadn't experienced the persecution that Jesus had. And so in this, his farewell discourse... Jesus wants to prepare his disciples. And he's given them messages of comfort and hope. And now he is preparing them for the hatred and the rejection that is coming. And he repeats, this I command you, that you love one another. Now the passage reveals three reasons why the world hates believers. First, because the world rejects those who are not a part of it. Secondly, because the world hated Jesus. And then thirdly, because the world does not know God. Let's look at the first one, verse 18. The world rejects those who are not a part of it. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you're not of the world, but because I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. You know, the world is naturally suspicious of anything or anybody that's different. Naturally suspicious. There was a man named Jonas Hanway who wanted to introduce the umbrella to England. And the first time he walked down the street beneath an umbrella, people were throwing stones and rocks and dirt at him. He was rejected. Which is kind of funny now because when you think of an Englishman, you usually think of them carrying an umbrella. But Jonas Hanway was the first, and it wasn't such a pleasant experience for him. Now, you see, the world is just naturally suspicious of anything or anybody that's different. And this is where the problem is, is Christians are called to be, guess what, different. 
We are called to be different. We're called to be peculiar people. And we are called to live lives that are different and distinct from the lives of those around us in the world. Now, the world here is, the word is cosmos, which talks about the world system that is controlled by Satan and is uh, comprised of unsaved people. And because Satan hates God, he also hates the people of God. And because the leader of the cosmos, the world, hates the believers, it's not surprising that those who are in the world also hate the believers as well. And this is nothing new. It goes back to the very beginning of time. As the Apostle John references in 1 John 3.12, he references the first murder in human history. He says, We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one, and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Answer, because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Cain's deeds were evil. Abel's deeds were righteous. You would have thought that Cain would have looked at Abel and how God looked upon Abel with favor and said, Ooh, I want to be like Abel. But instead of thinking that way, he thinks in terms of eliminating the competition. The first murder in history was against a righteous man for being righteous. It's nothing new. It goes back to the beginning of time. And believers are comfortable with and they support other unbelievers. You see, unbelievers are really rebels against the authority of God. And rebels seem to get along fine with other rebels. But rebels have a problem getting along with former rebels who have left the fold and become loyal citizens. It's not that it, it, Christians don't belong to the world, not because we've never belonged, but because we have been chosen out of the world. So Christians should never think of ourselves as being somehow or other superior to the people around us in any fashion. That We have to always remember that we, like them, were at one time, by nature, objects of wrath. Paul wrote in Ephesians that God chose us in him before the foundation of the world. That we be holy and blameless before him to the praise of his grace and glory. To his glory and grace. When were we chosen? Before the foundation of the world. Before we did anything. Before we said anything. We did not impress God with what we said or did. It, nothing was done. God chose us before the foundation of the world. And secondly now, the world hates believers because it hated Jesus Christ. Verse 20, remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. So Christians shouldn't be surprised at the world's hostility towards them because it hated Jesus before it hated them. And we know that in our study of the Gospel of John. In chapter 5, Jesus went in and healed the person at the pool and he immediately was subject to persecution because he had the audacity to do that on the Sabbath. And that was not acceptable to the religious leaders. In chapters 8 and 10, they wanted to stone him. In chapter 11, they plotted to kill him. And up until this point now, all of the verses have been completely negative. But Jesus puts in this, this phrase, this, this, this sentence that's like a, a ray of sunshine. 
that bursts through the clouds. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. And what he's saying here is not everybody rejected me. And not everybody rejected my word. And not everybody's going to reject yours. Some are going to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior because of our testimony. And when we see those people that make that profession and that step of faith and that joy outweighs the sorrow of the hatred and hostility that we experience from the rest of the world. And then thirdly, the world hates believers because it does not know God. Verses 21 and following, But all these things they will do to you on account of my name because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen and hated both me and my father. But the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without cause. So in this group of verses, Jesus weaves the hatred of the world with his rejection, the rejection of the father, the preponderance of Evidence that he has provided in his works, and all of this done in the foreknowledge of God. So let's break it down into smaller bite-sized pieces. Verse 21, but all these things they will do to you on account of my name. In the Beatitudes, Jesus said, blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me, because of my name. In the Olivet Discourse, he said, they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. So suffering for the name of Jesus is a theme that is repeated often in the scriptures. Because they did not know him who sent me. Now here Jesus references a double causation, the two reasons. First, because the disciples belong to Jesus. And secondly, because they don't know the one who sent Jesus. Romans 8 says that the mind of the flesh is hostile towards God. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Colossians tells us that unbelievers are alienated and hostile in mind. They're hostile towards God. They're enemies of God. Romans 1 tells us they suppress the truth in unrighteousness. And even though they know God, they don't honor Him as God or give thanks, but are futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart is darkened. Therefore, in judgment, God gave them over the lust of their heart to impurity, degrading passions, and to a depraved mind. It goes on that says that What is known about God is evident within him, for God has made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made. So they are without excuse. And yet they don't know him. Because they don't want to know him. Verse 22, if I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Now the idea here is, is not that, that if Jesus had not come or spoken, that these people would have continued in sinless perfection. That's not what he's saying. Now, he's not suggesting that Jesus coming for the first time introduced sin and guilt. That's not what he's saying. But what he's saying is that by his coming and speaking to them and doing works that no one else had done, miracles that had been not seen in the history of the world. Yet in spite of all of this, they had rejected him. And the scriptures talk about a a relationship between knowledge and privilege and responsibility. In Luke 12, we find the, the, the verse, to whom much is given, 
Much is required. And they had been given much. Because up until this time, up until Jesus came, men had never had the opportunity to know God. And Jesus came, claimed to be God, did works to prove that he was who he claimed to be, and nonetheless was rejected. You're listening to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Some difficult passages in the book of John, the 15th chapter, and he'll wrap this message up on the next edition of our broadcast. We're here each day, Monday through Friday, at this same time. You can let us know that you listen by going to our website at studyversebyverse.com. That's studyversebyverse.com. We're a nonprofit outreach. We would appreciate knowing that you're out there listening, and uh, if you can help support us, that would be a blessing. This ministry is underwritten by the Congregation of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. And if you've missed any of the past broadcasts in this study in the book of John, you will find them on our website at studyversebyverse.com. That's studyversebyverse.com. I'm Mike Trout. Thank you for joining us today. Be back tomorrow, if you can, when Pastor Layton will again open the Word of God and we will study verse by verse. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.